0: Right, all right, all right. Welcome back. Misfit Nation. Here we go. All right, let's welcome to the Misfit Nation, John Morley. He's a serial entrepreneur, engineer, marketing specialist, talk show host, and president of his local chamber of commerce. Welcome to the
1: show, John. How are you? I am great, Rich. It's a pleasure to be here today.
0: You got a lot of things going on. So uh, I'm sure uh, rest time for you is uh, very quick because you have, you like, seems like you have nine different things happening at once.
1: Yeah, about five or six. Yeah, at least. (laughs) (laughs) But I do, you know, I play hard and I rest hard.
0: Good. Good. Yeah, that's an important thing. (laughs) It always helps out to get that rest period in there to recharge the mind, recharge the body, and then move forward.
1: Exactly. It's It's like you have a, a whole new uh set of batteries, basically. You need you need you have that, what is it, 10 or 15 minutes, and it's like somebody gave you a billion dollars because you suddenly feel like you're a brand new person.
0: Yeah. And then you just burn through that as quick as possible and then right back at it the next day.
1: Uh, yeah, but you, you try to figure out how not to burn through it so quickly. I think you try to figure out, well, what did I do? What can I do a little more strategically so that I can preserve more of my energy to the evening?
0: Right. <laughs> So, John, if you don't mind, uh, why don't you tell us some of the Misfit Nation about your story uh, as far back as you want to go to how you started doing all these things and where you are now?
1: Okay, well, um, let's go back to when I was in college. I was in college and uh, it was probably my junior year. I started a company called JCM and Son, which is a very small company. Uh, Actually, my dad had started it before me. And he was using it to do land surveying. He was not in technology or computer. So he already had started the company. I didn't know that he was going to give it to me. And so when I was in school, I started doing computer repair for like $5 I would charge on the phone. And it wasn't by hours. One fee. So if you had a problem that took me two hours, I was only charging you five bucks. There was there was no taking credit cards for this business. It was, well, cash when I see you, or could you bring it by at lunchtime tomorrow? Or can I get it from you after class? There was no checks. It was just cash. And so um, when I went on site, it was $10. Prices have gone up a little bit since then, a little inflation. But again, it wasn't per hour. It was for the entire project. And I remember this one kid who I became good friends with, He had this DOS, disc operating system. We were into video games. And um, he called me and said he's having a problem with a game. And I was like, all right. He's like, can you come over? It's a real mess. So I come over and it happened to be like, I don't know, 10 o'clock at night. And I came over and I looked at it and I said, you know what? Um, I got some ideas. Let me come back tomorrow. This is going to take more than a few minutes. So I came back the next day. And uh, it was an issue with his conventional memory at that time you could only have 640k conventional memory and we weren't able to expand to the extended memory because dos couldn't work with that extended memory in the very beginning so that was a big problem and so he wanted to play this game it was some fighter game i forget the name of it and uh he felt bad after a few hours he said john he says i'll tell you what he says uh you know i'll give you the money he says um he says, you know, you don't have to fix this. I said, no, 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 no. I said, I'm going to fix this. I said, and if I don't fix it, you don't owe me a penny. He was like, okay. Wow. I said, how much do you charge? I said, it's $10. He said, can I write you a check? I'm like, write me a check. No, no it's cash. <laughs> and uh, I said to him, uh, you know, he said, can I get you a drink? I said, no, no, just, just leave me alone. And uh, I said, what are you trying to do? He said, I'm trying to run this game, but every time I run it, it crashes, I said, uh, you have a lot of time on your hands to play all these video games. Do you ever study for any of the classes here? In between. And uh, so I'm talking with him and playing with the computer. And I was playing with some lines and putting them back. A few hours later, I fixed his problem because he was like, wow, you fixed it? I said, yeah, I fixed it. It was an issue of where the program was loading. It was getting into memory that other programs were stepping on, but it wasn't so easy that you could just quickly figure it out. You had to do a lot of troubleshooting. So I got that going. I even had professors that were calling me that uh didn't respect me in the beginning. And they're calling me and say, Hey, John, um, so you're the uh you're an IT guy. I said, Yeah, I'm in your class. Well, but you do computers? I said, Yes. Oh, okay. And they don't really want to admit that they need help because again, they have a PhD and I have a nothing. Yeah. And uh I wasn't an engineer yet. And they had this little chip or an attitude on their shoulder. Maybe it was me, but it just felt like they had an attitude. And then I decided to um I didn't want to pay for phone service, so I was very resourceful, and uh, our university started adapting its own phone service, our own private branch exchange, so I became friends with the director of that, knew what I was doing, and I said, oh, you know what I'd like to do for you? I'd like to beta test your phone services and give you feedback on how well or not how well it works. And he thought that was great. I said, well, I'm going to need everything the university provides. I'm going to need the 9,600 board modem digitally on the phone. I'm going to need voicemail. I'm going to need two phone lines. I need to test the heck out of it. He's like, all right. He's like, I think I can get that approved. And then I say, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to make this an internship. Hmm. He goes and checks and he says, um, so, um, you know, we can't pay you. I said, oh, that's fine. I said, I just want full access to everything on campus, teachers, students, everything. He's like, John, he's like, I don't know if we can do that. I said, well, that's the deal. I said, I I want access to all the phones, all the networks on campus. I want access to everything. It was Rome at the time. And he was the leader for the company. And later on, in fact, he still works there today. He uh, left that company and the university paid him a nice salary to basically manage this whole phone thing. Well, he. was there. And uh, he said, okay, I'm going to, you know, we're going to give you access. And he was a little bit leery about it. And I remember in school, I had a lot of people that would come to me and say, hey, John, I need help on something. But I was always a nice guy and I wanted to help people, but I didn't take care of myself. So I said, what am I going to do? So I decided one weekend to go into Telecom Central at the school. And I wrote what we call Morley Smoke and Mirrors. That was the name they gave it. When you dialed my campus phone number that was supposed to ring in my room, it didn't. I had that number changed to a pilot number. So when you called, you actually got like an automated attendant. No student had ever did this. So it's like, hi, this is John. Uh, If I'm not available, just leave your name, number at the beep and I'll get back to you. But what you didn't know was that was screening calls. See, I moved around campus, I did different things. I had a gate on my phone, so I had a really interesting feature. They gave me what they called um, ultimate forwarding. I could forward your phone or any teacher's phone or any premise's phone without being at the phone. You know how dangerous that is? I could make your phone ring at somebody else's place without you even knowing that I did it. And um, so I had to have that access. So I had like top, top access. And he's like, you know, he's like, if you do anything, he's like, you know, you're going to be in a lot of trouble and you're going to lose this. I said, don't worry, I'm not going to do anything. I said, I'm just going to have a little fun. And so I created this uh, Morley Smoke and Mirror. So when you dialed the number, what you needed to know was you need a four-digit code when you called me. If you didn't dial that four-digit code, you never got me. That four-digit code would route you to a number at my uh, dorm that changed every day I had a new rotating number that you could only dial inside of campus. So when I call professors, they had a fit. Well, John's at 860. Oh, don't even talk to us about John. His number's not his, what do you mean it's not his number? Well, it's complicated. What do you mean? Well, when you call him, he has a set, so his number changes every day. What do you mean? Well, I dial him a reason. Like, yeah, but it's really complicated. You'd have to talk to him. I don't even want to get into it. I don't even understand it. So people couldn't get me, but then I realized I wanted to be able to reach some people. So I set this up. So when I would go around campus, I could forward my number to another number on campus, wherever I was hanging out. If you didn't dial my number, you never got me always got voicemail, but I said, you know what? I'd like to help some people sometime and take all my calls. So I would dial a special code and you didn't need my code. So that was kind of where it started, and. It was then that I realized that I want to take this company to another level. I remember before I graduated, wanting this modem that was like the talk talk of the town. It was called a Prometheus modem. And at that time, I think the modem was somewhere around, I don't know, $400. So I decided that was a lot of money. So I called the people who make it almost every day because they really wouldn't talk to me because I was a nobody. I wasn't a distributor. I wasn't a computer. I was nothing, and uh, they gave me distributors that sold it. The distributors said, "You know, we can't help you. You don't have an account." I would call them every day. Found the lady says, "Look, I'm going to tell you how much it costs, but you still can't get it." I said, "Okay, how much does a four hundred dollar modem cost? Let's presume that I have an account with your company. If you had an account with our company, and again, I didn't tell you this, it would cost you one hundred and ninety nine dollars." $199, that's it, plus shipping, $850. So you mean that $450, that's what, it, that's what you would, and then you'd have to get a TID. What's a TID? Oh, you need a tax ID number. I'm like, oh, I got to get a tax ID number. Oh, wow, I better go get one of those. So I didn't realize that caused a liability. So that didn't happen until after I graduated. But uh, long story short, I realized that I wanted to take this company and I wanted to grow it. So one of my friends was top in marketing and he had a friend that worked for somebody and his uncle worked for one of the largest companies in Manhattan I'm not going to say the name of the company it's still in business today well they took me to the farm for a long time uh over 30 some years and about 10 11 years ago I said enough's enough because they said John you're never going to be a marketing person you're an engineer but you're never going to know advertising You, you just you just need to pay people to do that and I didn't like that answer and so after I had gotten certified in neurolinguistic programming and became a hypnotist, I, I, just for my own knowledge to help me get better goals, set faster, I said, I got to be able to do something. And uh, that's what I realized now, finally, which was 10, 11, I can actually go back and say, I could do this. So I went to Xerox and said, how do I become a small mom and pop print shop? Don't know anything about printing other than the technology of printers. And uh, it was interesting because after I figured that all out, I walked into this firm, knocked on the guy's door. Let's call him Robert. That was his name. I said, hey, Robert. He said, hey, John, how you doing? It's so great to see you. Listen, we got donuts. We got coffee. We got bagels. We got fresh muffins. How about those cinnamon rolls I know you like? No, I don't want any of that. I said, I just want to come by and say one word to you. Thank you. He said, you're welcome. You are so welcome. We got fresh juice, too. Okay. Thank you. And we're done. I didn't smile, but he's like, we're done. I said, thank you. We had a nice run and we're done. He's scratching. He said, he's (laughs) like, you know, I haven't had my coffee yet this morning. And this is kind of hitting me a little bit. Let me see if I can get Mark in your sales rep. Hang on a second. Mark, I got Mr. Morley here. Can you come to the office? Yeah, yeah, sure. Comes in. Hey, John, how you doing, bud? Nice to see you. Nice to see you too. Listen, Dana made those special muffins you got. I think she even made the Cinnabon this morning. Do you want me to go get you some of those and some milk or some orange juice? I'm like, no, I'm all good. I said, oh, okay. He says, you know, John's not really very happy. Oh, no problem. Grab your jacket. Let's go to, let's go to Mark's diner across the street. Let's get some grub and we'll talk about it. How about that? Now, so I want to show you what Sharon's been working on all night just for you. She didn't even go to bed. She's been spending all night on this amazing campaign. You want to see it? No. <laughs> And he's like, what's wrong with you? He says, I know you just need some food. Let's get your jacket. Let's go across the street. I said, I don't want to go across the street. I said, I want to say thank you. And I want to say we're done. (laughs) Thank you. We had a nice run and we're done. He looks at me. He says, "Um, what are you trying to tell us here? I said, well, I'm trying to tell you that I fired your boss a few seconds ago. I'm firing you and I'm firing your 15 person team goes back in the chair. He's like, whoa. He's like, you know, bro, that's uh, that's low blow the bell. He says, I, I can't believe this. You and I, we've been friends since you were a junior in college. I said, yeah. And you were taking my money and my father's money that I didn't have. And he was paying you to market my company before I was even out of school. Yeah, John, it takes time. This is, this is a tough, tough, uh, tough economy out there. You just got to keep putting money in. We'll get there. How long? It's going to take some time. You got to put some more money in. <laughs> and I was like, you know, it's funny. When I give you $100, and I'm just using that arbitrarily, you take me out to breakfast at a diner. When I give you $250, you take me out to Bennigans with a nice dessert, an ice cream. When I give you $1,000, you take me out to Ruth Chris Steakhouse. Yeah. It's funny, when I said I was sending you a 100 and I sent you a 1,000, you canceled my breakfast. You made some excuse that your kids were sick and that your wife had no car because she had an accident and they had a drive to the doctor's office and you were the only one that could do it. And then your boss was coming in magically and you could only see me for dinner. I said, I'm on to you guys. <laughs> well, no, John, we're, we're just busy. You don't know say we're really busy. You know, we gave you some, we, we spent a lot of money on you on dinner. I, said, I, I understand that. And I spent a lot of money on you guys too. And I said, You didn't know what you were doing. You subbed everything out. You charged me when the, the deadlines were up. He's like, So what are you doing? I said, Well, we're leaving you. Oh, where are you going? I hope you're not going across the street. Let me just tell you, Chris, he's terrible. I can tell you things about Chris that. I really shouldn't share publicly. You don't want to go over there. He, he's not good with those big accounts. And trust me, he's going to just give you such a bad reputation. Don't go to Chris. We're not going to Chris. Oh, where are you going? You're going to Phil? Who's Phil? The guy all the way down in the, the block. He is 10 times worse than, than the guy across the street. And if you think we're bad, oh, my God, he's horrible. He is so horrible. And he'll promise you everything. And then he won't return your calls until you pay him. I said, we're not going to Phil either. He said, what are you doing? You're not going to somebody in Jersey. I said, yeah, I am. Oh, dude. He's like, I feel for you. You just don't know what you're doing. You need some help. And I want to help you as a friend. I want to help you. He said, who are you going with? I said, I'm going with a company in New Jersey. They're in a little tiny town called Franklin Lakes. He said, you're in that town. I said, I live there and I have a business there. Well, where's the business? I said, it's across the street from me. Oh, what's their name? Neighborhood Publications. Oh, that's a weird name. He says, they'll probably won't be in business long. I could tell that that name's not very solid. They're going to, they'll be out of business in a year. I guarantee you. <laughs> so <laughs> then he says to me, who's the sales manager? I said Chris something. Who's the owner? John Morley. Who's the owner? John Morley. Who take your hand up? John Morley. You're saying you own that company? Oh, now we got to sit down. You need a drink because <laughs> I think, you're just like, you know, you're like on a dreamland. And <laughs> I want to bring you back to earth because I'm really feeling for you. Because you, your family, what's going to happen to you down the road? I want to save you right now before you, you start burning and wasting time and money. Because I know what I'm doing. I said, you do? Yeah. So we went away. Two years went by, we failed. And then uh, he calls me back. We're doing well. John, Sharon, I want to come by and take you to lunch. I said, that's nice. Yeah, we want to talk to you because, you know, you've got some big accounts now. And we want to, you know, teach you how to handle these accounts because you don't really know what you're doing. So what we want to do is take some of these, take these accounts from you, take care of them. You know, you pay us. We'll keep the brand name of, of Neighborhood Pub on there. And then we'll do all the work. I said, why the heck would I do that? I said, I'm busting my tail to get these clients and the reputation. I said, why would I let you destroy that in a fraction of a second? Well, because we have advertising experience. We're a fortune five hundred advertising company. Yeah, who's very good at conning people. I said, I have a concept. Why don't we take some of those people who you know, you're probably gonna lose, they haven't paid their bills, they aren't gonna come back. They haven't gotten an ROI ever since they've been with you. Why don't I take some of those, help them, talk with them, get them a new plan, Get them returns on their investment, profits. Keep your name on it. That's fine to me. And um, they're actually going to stay with you because they're getting a return frequently. How's that for a concept? Okay. You know, John, that's above my pay grade. Okay. Wow. Well, listen, I, I want to thank you so much for coming by. I don't need lunch, but I do thank you for coming by. If you ever need a professional advertising, marketing, graphic, digit design and video company, or you need a great IT company, Why don't you reach out to me? We'll be here. We'll be growing. Uh, okay, John. You know, take care. It's really nice seeing nice seeing you too. I gotta go. And so that's what got me into starting a marketing company. Because it's probably saying, Why does an IT company start a marketing company? It makes no sense. Nobody knew what they were doing, Rich. Right? Nobody. So I would come up with ideas in the morning and I'd have my team put them together i hit a button and I'm printing them at our, at our center at two in the morning. And oh, wow. I still do that sometimes now. <laughs> so I like the idea of JIT concepts, uh, president of the Chamber of Franken Lakes that I made a 51 c 3 And I'm very good because I donate all my graphics, all my media, and all my printing. So I get the word out really well. And um, I produce over 40 hours of motivational content a week that I just share out. And I'm just very passionate about what I do. So the IT company, um, one of my first dreams have come true. Um, we use a slogan that most people can't print. And that is, Wall Street trusts us with their IT and technology needs, shouldn't you? So I had one of my competitors say, so I could print that on a card and mail it? I said, yeah, and you can commit mail fraud. But what do you mean? I said, we actually do work for, New York, for Wall Street. <laughs> you do? yeah he's like well, oh, i just thought you put that on the cards no we do work and i have a level mind clearance with them really what yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i said you can't print stuff and mail it, it, it it's right. just not going to work that that's illegal i said that's mail fraud really i never thought about that yeah and it's and it's pretty hefty per 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 uh, violation huh
0: you probably said no, so no you i'm gonna stop
1: yeah he's like he's like i gotta watch what we're mailing out he's like i didn't know that he said we're mailing lawyers i said you better watch what you're doing because each one of those could be hitting you for 20 or 30 and i don't mean dollars yeah what do you mean the 20 or 20 or 30 thousand to start wow yeah he said that's what my marketing company told me i said yeah it sounds like you you actually might need us (laughs) so i got very passionate about that and the thing about us with it uh Rich, being an engineer, I don't sell people what is going to make me a lot of money. I get them involved with what they need. So I specialize in companies between 20 and 500 users, do medical, pharmaceutical. And so I have conversations with people. Look, this is how it's going to work. This is what needs to be done. And this is what we should be doing. Oh, we don't want to do that. If you don't want to do that, that's fine. We may not be the firm for you. We may not be the right company. And I respect that. You know, Uh, Well, our whole budget's only 200 bucks or three bucks yeah, we're not the company for you. What you may want to do is look in the yellow pages for you know some of those people that do like a $200 contract for the year, but they're not going to do what we do. They're not going to do custom systems. They're not going to guarantee. Who guarantees a computer for three years that builds it? I don't know too many people. <laughs> we build a computer. We guarantee it for three years. It has an average lifespan of 15 years. I should say maybe eight to 10, but our servers have an expectation of 15 years. So People said to me, John, you're building stuff too good. I said, yeah, but that's what we do. They said, you should just skimp on the stuff. Like, don't build it so well. And that got me passionate. And um, I forget how many years ago it was, but I got on Blog Talk, Blog Talk Radio, which you probably may or may not be familiar with. And we started taking calls. Uh, so Blog Talk, is, um, it's a thing for casters. It's mostly audio. It's not video. It's just audio. Okay. And they had their own little line where people could call in. and I thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. I had a time that was amazing, and I wanted to get on national radio, but I'm nobody, so I keep sending little letters out and demo reels through email, and finally, I get a guy that bites in upstate New York, and he says, John, he says, you know, we're going to give you a shot. I said, wow. He says, how would you like Thursday night from 9 to 10 p.m.? I said, that's prime time. He says, yeah. He says, "Uh, we got 48 states we can syndicate you to. I said, that would be amazing. He says, yep. He says, "Uh, so we got started with them. We were with them for a couple of years. We did really well. Uh, Again, this is all free. We got to the point where we're just going to start accepting advertisers. I brought our first advertiser to the station, which I thought was amazing because I was going to make a nice percentage. I think it was 60%. The check was $3.5 but here's the bad part. I don't get any of the money. So I called the station. I said, what happened? Uh, Programmer, he said, oh, John, this is a complicated one. I don't have an answer to this. Let me give you over to the to the uh, um, station manager. Rob, what are we doing? Yeah, John, everything you did was exactly correct. And you would have normally gotten 60 to 65 percent easy. But this was one of those weird deals. The ball just kind of fell on the other side of the fence this time. What do you mean? Well, it's just kind of how the deal went. You're really going to have to talk to Mike, the station owner. Can we have him call you? We'll have him call you. Mike, how are you? Hey, John, how are you? Nice to see you. How's everybody? Everybody's great. Listen, I have a quick question for you. I brought you an advertiser. Supposedly, they say a check. Yeah, thank you so much. We got a check for them yesterday for three and a half million. I said, oh, well, you're welcome. Uh, where's my money? Yeah, see, we have to talk about that. So what do you mean? You see, we got the money. And the check was all good. And it was great. And they're going to be a repeat client. I said, why am I getting the short side of this? Thing? Yeah, it's kind of how the ball bounced. I said, well, I don't want to hear that. I want to know what happened. So I said, you want to know the truth? I said, I want to know the truth. He said, here's what happened. They came to us and they didn't want to advertise on your station. They didn't. No, 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 no. They bought you out. What do you mean? They bought your whole show time out. Oh, wow. I mean, the network, they bought the time out from you. Yeah, he says, and you know, the price you're paying and the price they're paying. So three and a half million was a lot more than the couple hundred dollars you were paying. I said, but we, I have great content. Yeah, I know, John, it's not personal. It's just business. Wow. I said, but I'm growing. I'm, I'm an aspiring, I know, you know, um, when you get growing, come back to us. I said, you know what? I'm never going to come back to you. I said, the way you treated me, I'll never come back to you. He goes, oh, that's a shame. He says, we would miss you. He says, you know, if you grow, come back. We would love you. I said, I-, I wouldn't love to be here the way you treated me. He said, it's just business and we got to pay the bills. You know, this isn't a not-for-profit station. I said, I get it. But I put my heart, my blood, my sweat, my tears into your into programs. And you were great. You were one of our top people. Oh, I'm glad. And thank you so much for, for the check we got. We really appreciate it. That's, that's going to, I said, who's the, what is the guy? What is he doing? I'm just curious. Well, we can't tell you too much, but what I can tell you is it's a political candidate and he wanted your slot to motivate people to vote for their side of the election. Oh, Ah. so I said, what happens after the year? He says, well, they're going to keep it for their whole party. I said, oh, okay. So you're going to charge them three and a half million every year? Pretty much. That's a lot of money. He said, well, he's going to pay it. And I just, I went away with my head between my legs, kind of like, what am I supposed to do? And I kind of gave up radio and video and all kinds of stuff. And I said, I don't want to do this anymore. About a year or two after that, a friend of mine said, hey, John, I have this guy I want you to meet for your show. I said, I don't do the show anymore. I'm sorry. He said, well, you don't do the show. I said, I don't do it anymore. Oh, uh, well, listen, I have this guy I want you to meet. He actually wants to know if you'd like to be a co-host. That'd be great if I had the show, but I don't have the show. Well, can you at least talk to him? Like, yeah, I'll talk to him. So I talked to the guy. He's out in, I think he was out in Chicago, or whatever. I said, he said, hey, John, it's nice to meet you. I was just wondering, could we do one show? Just, I heard a lot about you. Could we do one show together? I feel great energy. And uh, I said, all right, you know, we'll do one show just for old time's sake. He said, oh, that would be so cool. I would just love to be on the air with you. It'll be fun. So we did one show. We had a blast. And uh, he says, uh, can we just do one more show? I felt this show so much that I just want to do one more. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll do one more, but then I don't want to hear after you that we're going to do another show because you want to do another show. No, no, I won't do that to you. Okay. Second show happens. And I said, well, everyone, it's been great being here. And this is our last show. So I want to thank you for all the many years. And he said, "Well, well, John, not quite exactly. What do you mean? Not quite exactly. We agreed. It's our last show. Well, we agreed. However, what I didn't know about is that you were going to have six guests lined up coming up for your next shows. You have six guests in the queue. Well, what do we do? Well, we can't not air anymore because there's people waiting to get on the show. <laughs> are, are you serious? Yeah. All right. Well, it looks like uh, Jay Moore Tech's coming out of the closet and, and, and we're getting back on the air again. Um, I guess I'd we'll be ready for it. And then after that, I decided, well, if we're going to do that, I might as well go full force. And I started with my video production again. I started a video school. I have interns that come in that shoot video for me. Oh. And I have, my, I have my John C. Morley serial entrepreneur channel, which I just literally just before this, I was just on uh, streaming out on LinkedIn and several other places. And that's my short cast. It's about 20 to 40 minutes. Tonight, we talked about why and how the attitude of gratitude And how do you feel gratitude, not just say it? So we talked about that tonight. And then I have two other channels beside that and Gmore. I have um, um, Envision Networks, which is a uh, science network. And it's called John the Science Guy. I had a network with John and we do all (laughs) kinds of science experiments. And in the experiment, we teach you something about yourself. So we did one about disappearing ink. And I said, you know, you never should lie to people. And I use disappearing ink and I put the thing, you know, if you do, the truth will come out. And I, I rub that off and I say, you know why you don't want to do that? Because sooner or later, you're going to be invited to a party, a very private party. You know who else is going to be not invited? Mr. and Mrs. Grape Juice. And they're going to show up when you least expect it, all your friends and everyone that you regard. And they're going to expose you for the true liar that you are. Wow <laughs> <laughs> so uh I, that, that's the guy's stuff, and I just love i just motivating people I mean uh my latest thing in christmas uh season december i started a, started my making it a series, so I call it twenty five gifts of inspiration to change your life around the holidays, so I started unwrapping presents, and giving myself gifts, cheap little things, so I had a I don't know, like um, one thing I had was a uh, a trash can, small one. You know, you get the dollar store, wrapped it. I unwrap, like, I wonder what I got. And I'm unwrapping. Oh, wow, (laughs) it's a trash can. Why would I give myself a trash can? I got it. Because maybe we need to eliminate certain things and certain people from your life. Let's talk about how we can do that with some Ah. technique. And so that spread me to the thing of finally bringing my book out of the cupboard, which will be out in a few months. Okay. 25 Gifts of Inspiration to Change Your Life and Everyone Else in It. It's and that's three chapters, all major of, areas.
0: Uh, Amazon, Barnes. And everything.
1: I don't know if I'm going to do Amazon. Uh, the plan is to do a virtual book tour on it, so I'm going to virtual book tour, and I also want to visit uh, Barnes and Noble because I've spoken okay. there before, and I used to speak for them when I was just out of college. But they said, John, we can't take you anymore because you're not an author officially. When you get a book, come back. You can speak all you want. There was a policy. So now I'm gonna have a book. I want to do some book signings. And I really want to get more into coaching. And then we're gonna develop workbooks that you can only get if you hire me to do coaching for your company or for your group. Okay. And that's kind of where I want to go. I want to show people that you have the ability to change your life. And there's one that I wanna I wanna share with you, and it's a great one. So if you take your hand and you take your either hand, dominant hand, and you take it and you put it together just like this. And if you hold that together and just kind of pinch and you think about your life, um, what do you want in your life? Do you want more money? Imagine going to a car dealership and buying whatever car you want. This time you could have any option, any price tag, any way you want it. And the salesperson's just clicking everything and you don't care what it costs. You're literally just basking in all the features, all the options. And now imagine yourself driving out of that dealership with that car? Smelling it, feeling it, riding down the road. How do you feel? You feel really good, don't you? Well, heck, you got your new car. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to go to eat? What do you want to do? Do you want to get on a plane? Do you want to go on a trip? Now, imagine for me, money just coming into your bank account. Sleeping, awake, money just keeps growing in your bank account. The more you Think about it. or Even if you don't think about it, with every breath of your life, money just comes in. And in fact, money is starting to come in so easily that you wonder why this never happened before. Relationships are becoming easier. More people are regarding you. And it feels good. Imagine going to a department store and people are asking, can they help you? When before, they only helped the person that seemed to be buying 10 or 20 things you are now buying 50 to 100 things. They're spending all their time with you. You're getting all their attention. You go to a play and suddenly you're not sitting in the first row. You're sitting in a VIP section. You go to a ball game or you go to a, a football game or a softball game or baseball game. You're sitting in the VIP glass booths. Imagine how that feels. But not only are you sitting in there, it's your booth. So you can invite any friends you want have any food you want. Doesn't it feel great? Feels great mm-hmm. to know what that's like. You can feel that, right? And as yeah. you can feel that, let go of your hand. And right now you just created an anchor in your body. If you take your thumb and index and go back, you can feel a little bit of that feeling in your body. If you do that for seven days, you see your mind and body doesn't know what's happening outside world. It thinks the same way. You probably know the story of, uh, The famous basketball players that would practice every day of their life. And when they practiced, there was one group that practiced every day and they were great. There's another group that didn't practice, they just didn't practice at all. Third group that practiced, but in a room closing their eyes. So the question I have which group do you think did better?
0: Probably the ones practicing with their eyes closed.
1: Exactly. So the ones that didn't do anything, they were worse than the other people because they, they lost muscle skills right. and, they didn't, and they lost confidence. The people that practiced were good, but the people that closed their eyes were just a tiny bit better. Now you might say, how the heck is that possible when they weren't practicing? You see, when you close your eyes and you use your mind and body, your neurons are sending messages to fire the same uh, muscles and joints, ligaments and connections of your body that you would if you were actually practicing on a court yeah and that, so when right, you rehearse, you actually make it happen. But your body doesn't know the difference. that brings like uh, New York
0: Mets had a player years ago that his dad would throw tennis balls at him with numbers on him. He had to yell the number out before he hit it. Oh wow, and that's how he learned to hit baseballs. He'd have his eyes so focused on that ball to try to figure out what was on it. he was able to hit the ball, and that's how he made it from wee all the way up to the majors just by instilling that focus on his son. He made him get to the pros.
1: That that that's an amazing story. But a lot of people don't realize that most people don't use more than one percent of their brain. Oh yeah, and they and they never will, which is unfortunate. Um, You probably know that most people say they have a bad memory. Now that's a perception. Uh, Wayne Ford, Doctor Wayne Ford, said that you know if you believe you can't, you're right, and if you believe you can, you're also right. So when you say you don't have a good memory, you're going to bring more about that on. So. People say to me, John, well, how do you have a good memory? I just can't remember. I said, well, first thing you have to think to yourself is you've got to say you have a good memory. Yeah, but what else do I need to do? Because I got to remember something. I said, well, imagine going to a store, okay? Doesn't matter what store you want to go to. Maybe it's BJ's, maybe it's Walmart, maybe it's uh, Food Town. And I don't know what stores is there, Kroger's, depending on what's around, wherever, wherever you guys are watching. And you might say to me, John, you know, I don't know what's going on but one thing is I have to remember all these great things in my life. And you're going to the store and um, let's say you have to get milk, okay? So imagine, I don't know, a big uh, archaic uh, boat, okay? Several sails. And imagine that you have to go get a gallon of milk. So I want you to see the whole deck covered with gallons of milk. You can picture that any way you want. Now, let's say, in addition to the milk, I don't know, you need to get some cheese, you need to get some crackers. Okay, well, just above the, the uh, gallons of milk, there's a mass in the center, and it's coated with cheese, and if you touched it, you'd get it all over your fingers. Right above that, there's the first flag, and there's some crackers that are just all over the flag, boxes of crackers. So now you got your crackers. What else do you need? I don't know. I really need some watermelon. So just above that, there's a little bit of a round dish. And you see people taking watermelon and throwing it at the, at the other pirates trying to attack the boat. Above that, you realize that I would like to get some ice cream. So on the tippy top, you actually see a big gigantic um, flask or let, let's say container of ice cream but not just any ice cream the ice cream is actually tipping over and it's actually vanilla and chocolate and it's literally pouring over somebody's head if they're walking by it so now that was kind of fun but if i asked you what do you have to go get at the store first thing on the boat was what milk milk pretty easy right (laughs) and what do you have to get next? So there's the milk and there's that pole. What do you what do you want to not touch? Or you have to touch it on your hands.
0: That cheesy stuff on that the floor. cheese,
1: that cheese, the cheese. And if we go up there, there's that, that sail, right? Yeah. And what's 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 basking in that sail? The crackers. The crackers, yes. And if you remember going above the crackers, we uh-huh. have that round thing. And these people are throwing this, right? Yeah. They're throwing watermelon at the pirates. Yeah. And above yeah. that. What's pouring down on people's heads? Vanilla and chocolate. Haagen-Dazs uh, ice, ice cream. So you see, you just remembered that you have a great memory. When you make things funny and ridiculous, you'll remember it. Yeah. And this goes to an important point that I want to impress. So I'm actually a ham. Now, nothing you eat. A ham is a, a volunteer ham. I'm, I have my tech, which is um, emergency manager. It's a radio operator They're They're all over the world. And this past Sunday, I studied and got my general. Now, I made intentioning right before Christmas that I was going to get my general. It was not easy to do. And I went to the class. I kept studying. Before I was studying, I got to the class. And I was practicing every night to 1 o'clock. It was Friday. It was Saturday. And then it was Sunday. And people in the class weren't taking it seriously. They were naming the questions. And I'm like, B as in Bravo, C as in Charlie. We got to a point in the class, and the instructor's like, uh, can anybody except John answer these questions? Because you guys are taking a test here. John's not going to be able there to give you the answers. And I'm spitting them off, spitting them off, spitting them off. And uh, the test comes, and I get the test, and I fill it all out, and I'm done. Second person, I said, oh, I went too fast. I'm the second person. I better check because one of these SRA tests we had to have the dots, <laughs> and. Uh, they take the test away from me when I tell them. And they give me another test again. I was like, oh, I guess I didn't pass. That's a surprise. And I'm going through the things. And I'm like, wow, this time is 50 questions, 37. I didn't even look at the name of the test. The test said extra on it. So at the end, I didn't pass that test because I didn't study it. I said, um, what happened? I guess I didn't get it. He said, congratulations. I said, well, I, I, there's no way I passed. He said, oh, you got your general. Said, what was this? well, you had a perfect score. So whenever that happens, we just give you the extra test automatically. <laughs> I said, holy, gee, I was like, <laughs> I was like, because <laughs> the same thing happened to my friend next door and he got another test. And I was like, yeah, probably same thing happened to me. He got another test because he went out with a head between his legs, like he, he didn't pass. And it's like, well, what do I do? Yeah, you can go do some research online and nobody took it seriously. So when you have an intent to do something, it doesn't just magically happen, but it gets your RAS, your ticker activating system in gear to do it. Um, if you were to, let's say, buy a new car, new model, right? As soon as you get out of the dealership, the first thing you notice is what? That car is everywhere on the road. Like yes. you're not the only person that has it, right? I thought I was the only one buying that model. Like there was no one on the road. Now there's like every freaking car is that model, every other car. Why is that? But then my friend goes and he buys another kind of car, but he says his car is every car in the road why is he seeing all cars and i know there's more of my cars more hit cars. well there isn't it's that my reticular acting system is focusing on what i have right or what i'm thinking about so that's the problem in life our raz is not designed to make us successful it's actually designed to keep us safe see that that's the biggest thing and when it keeps us safe it doesn't help us become successful. So you have to kind of play with it and let it dodge a little bit and kind of go out of that safety. You have to push the envelope a little further. And I feel that if people do that little bit by little bit, they'll become more successful. But most people just think, well, you know, I did this. I meditated. I I thought about it. I wanted this. I didn't get it. I said, well, did you get inspired action? Yeah, yeah. But I'm just waiting for it to happen. I said, (laughs) well, you have to take inspired action there was a, there was a story. I'm not going to mention the person, but it was, it was a religious story. And uh, the person said, you know, can you help me? And um, so um, all of a sudden uh, the person uh, comes, uh, somebody comes and says, "Uh, can I help you get out of the well? He says, No, 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 no. I'm waiting for X to help me. Okay. Okay. Another person comes along, comes along with uh, um, some other way to get them out. Some other type of device to get them out of the hole. Oh no 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 no! I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for some for for X to help me. Okay, you're good. We're good. Third person comes along, and he's um, like, "You need help?" No no no! I'm all good. Yeah, I uh, I I brought a a, a, ch- a chain to help you grab with a to pull yourself up. No, I'm all good good good. So at the end, um, he's almost drowning in the well, and mm-hmm. the person comes back. and says, "Why didn't you help me?" Well, I I did. The last person that came actually, the fourth person came and brought a ladder. And he said, he says, I gave you this, a chain of this, and I gave you a ladder. He said, I did help you. Yeah, but I was waiting for you to come. Well, I sent my help through other people. So I think sometimes we're expecting something to come in one way, but we're not open to the way it really comes. And that leads to an interesting point to what I was saying about the course. That course wasn't easy. But if you can have a foundation, Okay whether we're talking about mind, we're talking about family, loyalty, motivation. If you can have a good foundation, if you don't have a solid foundation, what happens to your house? It falls apart, right? So if we have Absolutely. a solid foundation and if we're able to start with something, maybe you're looking to be, I don't know, or you're looking to be a chemist, but you don't know anything about chemistry. But you know that you spent time with your great-grandmother and she showed you how to mix and bake. Say, so, okay, so you baked before, Right. I did a few times. So you know how you have to mix the the different ingredients together and you eat it? Well, chemistry is very similar. You mix other things. You just can't eat them. And they're dangerous. But you're still mixing. So now that I built upon something you know, you're like, oh, I get it. So when you add the acid to the base, right, what happens if you add it too fast? You burn it. So you kind of make those analogies. And that's why most people don't learn. It's like, I can't figure it out. They got to figure out what they know that's a commonality. And then you can learn anything. Make it the,
0: make it familiar so they learn it. That's the best way to do things. Uh, memory uh, in the Army, we used to do things, the Kim's test a lot. We'd have a pitch black room. You go in there, turn the light on for 20 seconds. You have to scan the room, turn the light up, go outside and, and repeat everything you've seen there. Describe the room. And you got to keep doing that until you can, the muscle memory taught you to scan that room as quick as possible to get as much information, get that recon done and come out. And it, it helps soldiers a lot even after they stopped doing the dark rooms. When we get into battle in Afghanistan or Iraq, they were able to go in places and identify everything they seen immediately because they were so used to practicing that familiarity of going in there in shock and all blackout and then on lights off, lights on and go that they became muscle memory and familiarity of learning to do things on the fly.
1: So it became like second nature to them. Yeah, And this is the same thing that we can do with anything in our life. Like I told you about the anchor. I told you about gratitude. One of the things I do every day, and I encourage people to do this. I tell people, whether it's a ring or it's your watch or clothes, whatever, when you take something off at night, practice the attitude of gratitude. When you put that back on in the morning, practice it again. So people say to me, John, I don't have anything to be thankful for um you know I have a job I'm not happy with it I'm in a third marriage um my kitchen's a mess I have two kids I can hardly feed them uh, okay so what's the I I can't be thankful because I can't live okay well why don't we step back a minute first let's be grateful that you're alive okay let's be yeah. grateful that you have two beautiful children right yeah I guess Let's be grateful that not only do you have the two billion beautiful children, but you have a job and you're able to put food on the table, right? Are they starving? i oh, not starving, but I can't give them flaming yawn and stuff I like said, but you're able to feed them. Yeah, I am. Okay, so we got that. You got a roof over your head? Yeah, I got a roof over my head. Okay, you have money in your wallet so that you can put gas in your car? Yes, you have a car, right? Yes. You have um, parents that are alive and that love you. Yes. Grandparents. Yes. You've got a lot to be thankful for. Yeah. But John, you don't understand. You have carpet. You have clothes. You have heat at home. Yeah. I have all this, but you don't get it. No. What don't I get? Like, you just don't get that. I don't like them. My- okay. I understand. You don't like where you are right now. I respect that. Be grateful for where you are now and what you have. And more, I promise you, will open up in the future. Well, I don't know how to be grateful because, like, I don't know, this is just stuff I'm doing. Like, I'm just going through life. I'm going through the motions. So feel gratitude. Well, how do I feel gratitude? Close your eyes and just feel in your core what it is like to feel something. You ever had a relative go away on a trip or a friend or significant other? They go on a trip and you don't see them. Now, it's not to harm you. They're going on a trip or something. Nothing's wrong. You close your eyes and you miss them, right? So you're grateful that you know they're coming back. Can you do that? Practice being grateful for one minute every day, then two minutes, then three minutes, then four minutes, and just practice that. And uh, the lady says, well, when do I do that? I said, it's really simple. I said, you go to work early in the morning. Every time you go outside your apartment where you live, I want you, every time you touch the inside of your doorknob or the outside of your doorknob, in, in your home, when you leave your apartment, I want you to take that gratitude check every time you leave and every time you come back in. She talked to me a couple of weeks later and she's like, how are you doing? She's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm okay. Um, I got a promotion. Said, well, that's good. You can be grateful for that, right? I said, you know what you've got to be grateful for? You can see, you can hear, you can walk and you have great health and your children have great health. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. You know, I was talking to my friends and they were just telling me how bad I had it. Yeah, so first rule is don't listen to your friends because see, your friends are not always gonna help you in all due respect. She's like, yeah, I know. I said, you have to let them know that they have to be grateful. She says, well, they were just doing the same thing and I was repeating what they were telling me and I was feeling, you feel more miserable. So I would tell them to either change where they're going or you need to find some new friends because I think that's your problem. She's like, yeah, you're right. There's this one lady, Mary, and I don't know if I want to hang around with her anymore because she's always complaining. She's divorced too, but she's complaining worse than I am. And then I just pick it up. I said, Yeah, and then you just keep reverberating what she's been saying. She's like, I know. So it does work.
0: Definitely. And I think uh, you add that with uh having a victory every morning. So you wake up, you make your bed, that's a victory. The first victory I love is- I love that. The first victory is actually waking up. The second victory is making your bed. You just, you just accomplish two tasks in one day and then you gratitude. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm able to wake up and make my bed. So you combine the both of them and you're able to get through your day. Uh, it, it, you're putting up a lot of great things in this, uh, in this chat. You did a lot, mostly talking. I just sat here and got to absorb a lot of it. It was great. Uh, I'm running out of time because I don't have the pro account here, but uh, so uh, uh, how does someone lot, get lot- in contact with you?
1: Sure. How do we get a kind of very easy? So I have a, I have a link tree um, and I can, I can put that in the um, I can put it in the chat or tell you guys what it is. It's just link l i n k t r. e e. e-e. So l i n k t r. e e forward slash J O H N C M O R L E Y. Serial entrepreneur. Take a look at some of my content. Um, check it out. I think you'll like it. And the last thing I'll leave you with is this. When you stub your toe in the morning, which happens to some people, Think of it like this. It's a bump in the road. When you hit a bump, when you go through the desert, do you talk about that bump seven months later that you know, you hit that bump and it was a problem? No, it was a bump. So don't let your whole day go downhill. Shower, break a dish, annoy a client. It's a bump. The rest of my day is gonna be great and I know it.
0: Awesome. Thanks, John. Thanks again for
1: taking some of your time to join us here on the Misfit Nation. It was a pleasure, Rich. Thank you so much for having me.
0: You know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on This Fitna- Fit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, please become a supporter to help us carry this thing on. We appreciate you. If you know someone that brings that energy, has a great story, is an up-and-comer in any industry of music, in the arts, have them reach out to us on Misfitnation.com We will get back to them within one day and get them on here so they can share their story with the world. As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling. Because we are The Nation.